morning and welcome to May 4th, 2009. It's a brand new Monday. It's the start of a brand new week for me as I'm thinking about how I'm aging and what the Bible says about that. Proverbs 14:27 says the fear of God is a spring of living water so you won't go off drinking from poisoned wells. That word, friends, is from the message, and it sends a clear message to me as I look in the mirror and I wonder if I look my age. And as I look at my friends and my family, and I wonder what well they're drinking from and whether or not they know the truth about wellness. That's the topic this week on The Word on Wellness with Chris Hughes, Finding the Fountain of Youth. I'm Bo Ellis. I'm coming to you from the Christ Across America studios in Tampa. And joining us now by cell phone is your own chief wellness instigator, Chris Hughes, driving somewhere in the central Florida, I guess. Chris, where are you? Hey, Bo, I am on I-4, just around uh, the Disney area right now, in fact. Well, that's awesome. You're going to pass by a lot of um, a lot of little ponds, homemade or otherwise, and I wonder if you're looking into those ponds for the Fountain of Youth, and I wonder what you can tell me about these numbers on the back of these guys' calves at that race you did this past week. Um, I was thinking a lot this week about, you know, the 31 and the 42 and the 62, and it just got me off on this thing where, you know, everyone's running around with their age plastered on their on their leg, and and it really got me wondering, what if we all did that all the time? And what if you're walking through the mall and, you know, you're looking at somebody's age plastered on their forehead, and then I start thinking, well, we really do do that. Uh, we really do do that. We all kind of look our age. And I started looking this week for the Fountain of Youth. So you're driving down I-4, Chris. I know you've got, um, you got a lot on your mind this morning. I wonder what God has been telling you about this Fountain of Youth idea since we first talked about it. Well... First, for a little context for anybody that's uh, listening in who's never participated in a triathlon or known someone who has, what you're referring to is what we call body marking. And that's one of the rituals, uh, a requirement now, when you race in a triathlon, an organized triathlon, one that's sanctioned by the USA Triathlon Organization. But um, it's, it's really about safety. Uh, I don't know where it, or when it originally started, but before you can enter the transition area where you have your bike and other stuff, they take these big, thick black magic markers and they write your race number uh, on different places of your body. And it used to be it was like your, your upper arms and the front of your thighs. You'd get your race number, and then you'd turn around and they'd say, How old are you? And they would then write your your age on your calf, and I think it was your left calf. And in some races, they'll vary it up just a little bit with where they place your race number. But the the age is always on your calf. Now, the race number, I understand why that's there. That's pretty much a safety thing. If, if something happens to you and you get separated from one of those uh, race numbers, paper numbers, uh, they at least have on your body a way to identify you. The number on your calf, though, I never knew what that was, and I forget where I learned it, but in essence, what it is, it's a way for you to compare how you're performing against other people in your age group. 
and again, if you haven't done a race, and this can apply to road racing too, you don't race, or you can race as a as a professional, and you're in kind of one group. But everybody else that's out there, they're pretty much racing in what we call age groups. And, and right now, I, I I just got to be moved up into the 45 to 49 age group. So that means we all start at the same time and we wear the same colored swim cap. And if you're really good and you're one of those people that is, is attempting to race to win your age group, then you're able to kind of keep track on everybody else that maybe started with that same color swim cap. And you come out of transition and you'll know uh, as you're running along or cycling along based, uh, based on that number on the cap that how you're doing against other people in your age group. So that's really what the point of it is for me, just being a guy out there. And then I guess for most people that are out there just to give it a good effort and uh, have a good time, the, the number's kind of irrelevant. However, that said, it's, it's very, it can be very inspirational to see somebody with a much higher number. At least that's how I, I see it. Somebody with a much higher number passing you. And I remember that most vividly from a race that I did down in Sarasota at Siesta Key, just a sprint race. And I was running along on the beach at the last part of the run, or of the race, that is. And some guy with a, he was in his 60s, passed me by. And I thought, wow, that is amazing. And it just provides you know, inspiration to me that another couple decades from now, I could still be plugging along if I, you know, just continue to train and keep myself well. That was a long explanation, wasn't it, Bo? Well, I appreciate it. I think it's good. I think it's great for our listeners who haven't done a triathlon or races, but it's just so fun to me to, to go down these rabbit holes and really explore you know, what God is telling me as I'm thinking through these things. And you know, Chris, I'm the guy that's, that's often overthinking stuff and and I just start to look in the mirror and wonder, you know, I think I got a 41 on my calf. Do I, do I look it? And that takes me to a place that says, uh, you know, I'm a follower of Jesus. Does my life look like it? And we've talked a lot about that here on this show. And to keep, keep it practical for our runners and our racers and our, our fitness folk, I really think when we talk about this fountain of youth, and, and looking your age, I think the goal is to, you know, we're all trying to turn back the clock. And wellness, kind of by definition, is this idea of, of whole wellness, spiritual wellness, physical wellness, uh, relationship wellness, uh, fitness and training, nutrition. And I just look at all these factors that play on this idea of, you know, do I look my age? And I wanted to talk with you, Chris, because you're the guru, at least you are for me. And I know you've said on this show before, you don't have any of these, uh, you know, credentials or whatever. All you've got is a, a lifetime of being well. And that is credential enough, I think, for all of us. So we appreciate you, you chiming in. Give us some, some real practical ideas on these buckets, as I call them, these categories, and how they play out in, in, in our aging would you say, Chris, that it's a nutrition thing more than it is a fitness thing? Or is it a, what is it? And, and what could we really pay attention to, to try to bring it all together and turn this clock back? 
Well, so um, wellness, and I'm pretty sure I've got the definition. Not pretty sure. I know I have it, a definition of it at any rate on my website, and it's something like the proactive pursuit of products or activities that um, improve our health and make us feel and look better. Something like that. I'm, I'm obviously paraphrasing. But, you know, turning the clock back is, I guess, one way people look at it. But I could kind of flip that upside down and say it would be riding the clock or, or correcting the clock to represent what you really could be. Um, many of us age prematurely because of bad habits. And uh, by eliminating those bad habits, I guess you could say we're living closer to the age that God designed us. Does that make sense? I'm hearing you. Well, let me also make another point here, Bo. I never really liked the word wellness. still don't like the word wellness. It's it's very vague, and, and I guess what I'm still searching for is a word, and maybe I'll stick with it, but a word or phrase that means Christian wellness, and, and for me that would be 1010 wellness. But um, going back to the Fountain of Youth example that you brought up, it, it would be great to turn back the clock and, and be as young and healthy as we possibly can. But really, what's the point of it if we're not in relationship with God? And that's why I've always wanted to incorporate Christ in wellness and, and create 1010 wellness so that I guess you could say we would make sure that we're focusing on the right things first. And that right thing being a relationship with Christ. But then, going on, you were asking about some of the buckets. Um, you know, really, taking care of ourselves comes down to um, how we move our bodies, how we fuel our bodies, we rest our bodies, and then also how we um, feed and rest our minds. Can I, can, I, can I hear an amen or a payment on that one? That's kind of what I was thinking is the fundamentally, your mind is going to really be the, let me call it the umbrella kind of idea as I look at wellness. So many guys, have, these kooks have written, um, you know, think and be well or think and be rich or think and be whatever you want to be because they want to suggest that the power of the mind can tell your body to be healthy and I certainly don't think you can think yourself well if you're pouring you know Cheetos down your hole all day long so I think you can think yourself well to where your choices start to look like it and I want to suggest and I've talked about this often in other places but this book the secret the movie the secret the sacred and I mean, come on, Matthew 7, clearly, is the secret. Um, ask, and, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open. So, I wanted to talk a little bit, I wanted you to talk a little bit, Chris, about stress. 
and the way we start to look internally and the way our selfish thoughts and desires can control our entire um, uh, uh, life to the point where we think ourselves sick. Um, I really think, you know, sorry for the pun there, but I know it's true that we think ourselves sick. And I, I don't think it really matters what we eat or how much we train. If, our, if we don't get our attitudes right, um, I really don't know that, that our bodies can respond. And I know chemically or hormonally or some, some way there's, there's some science to that, and I'm not the scientist. But I'm going to hand it back to you on that and ask you to talk a little bit about stress and, and just your whole thought processes in the middle of this. Okay, that's a super good place to start, Bo, with regard to the, kind of the overall concept of wellness and, and, and going back to the fountain of youth. The thing that tears people down quicker than anything is stress. And stress comes in two forms, really. It comes in psychological stress, which uh, generally in our world, if we live in the United States, that stress is self-imposed. Uh, and then the other other stress that we would experience would be environmental stress. That would be like breathing um, exhaust fumes if you live in a in an urban area or things like that. And, and, and those things also have a cumulative effect on, uh, on our body. Um, we've all seen and heard of people who age faster than normal when they're under stress. And I think the easiest example to see that is if you look at our president. You know, take a, take a photo of George Bush or Bill Clinton when they started their terms and then look at them eight years later and, wow, what a change. And all of that uh, accelerated aging is definitely as a result of the stress that they feel in their lives. So we know it's there. I guess the question is... How do we deal with it? And again, exercise is certainly one of the best ways to deal with stress. But um, you know, I think we know that both Bill Clinton and George Bush were regular runners, so exercise in and of itself isn't quite enough. Um, the other has to do with uh, really just how much. And this is this is my opinion coming forth here, but we can design a life that really it's unavoidable to have stress. I mean, if you want to run for president, that is pretty much that's the that's the game. You are going to you're going to have a significant amount of stress in your life. So, I guess the advice would be don't run for president if you don't want that much stress. Um, I, I think as well as we try and as much or as deep as we would try to get into the Word and into God and into prayer. Um, I think there's only so much that a human body can can pass on. And I think we'll spend a lifetime of, of trying to tap into those uh, uh, resources that God provides in the form of prayer and meditation and uh, uh, time in the Word, and those things will relieve stress, but I guess... What I'm getting at is kind of something that I hinted at at the beginning of the year, and that would be to simplify your life. If you find you're, you're struggling to manage your stress, and there is one way to you know, determine if you've got stress, and that would be your, your blood pressure. If you've been uh, diagnosed with high blood pressure or pre-hypertension, which is 
kind of, you know, before you get into full-on high blood pressure, those are indications that you've got too much stress in your life. And uh, it, it might be time for you to reevaluate all those things that you're doing and, and wanting to do in an effort to, I guess, uh, reduce stress, get a little more peace in your life. Well, that's where I'm at. I'm about peace. And Chris, I don't think I'm alone if I suggest that it's all about perspective. If you're holding on really tight to stuff because it's all about you, man, are you going to create a lot of stress on yourself? And you know, Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you have to pick up your cross and and follow him. And uh, if you want to win your life, you have to lose it. And I think what Jesus is telling me in that, he's telling me that I have to put the focus on others and that I can find joy in everything else I want out of life in serving and and giving to others. So I think this idea of stress, Chris, is really about where's our focus? What are we really trying to accomplish? I wanted to read you something I found online here this morning. It's really funny. This is a transcript of an actual radio conversation of a U.S. naval ship with Canadian authorities off the coast of Newfoundland in October 1995. Americans, please divert your course 15 degrees to the north to avoid collision. Canadians, recommend you divert your course 15 degrees to the south to avoid a collision. Americans, this is the captain of the U.S. Navy ship. I say again, divert your course. Canadians, no, I say again, you divert your course. Americans, this is the aircraft carrier USS Lincoln, the second largest ship in the United States Atlantic Fleet. We are accompanied by three destroyers, three cruisers, and numerous support vessels. I demand that you change your course 15 degrees north. That's 15 degrees north, or countermeasures will be undertaken to ensure the safety of this ship. Canadians, this is a lighthouse. Your call. I do remember hearing that that exchange. Hello. <laughs> Who do you think you are? And is it all about you? And I guarantee you, you take a strong look at, at yourself, your idea of self, and you'll find out whether you've got stress or not. Because the minute you you understand that it's not about you, there's this release. There's this peace. There's this Jesus thing, the Holy Spirit thing that can actually come into your life and just take away the things that are making you age. Um, I had that experience in uh, 2004 when I, uh, even though I was saved when I was 12 years old, I was never living a life that was surrendered or, or on this path of surrender you know, to Jesus. And I'm almost five years old now, Chris, and I'm getting ready to celebrate a birthday on May 11th. Um, And I just want to tell you, I've never known peace like these last five years because I'm trying daily to take the focus off of me and what I need and what I want because I'm going to find everything I need and want by trying to help others. Chris, you wanted to mention a scripture from Matthew as it related to this idea of uh, the 31 and the, and the 42 on the back of the, the guy's calf. Go ahead. Well, it was, I was, when you told me you, that you were uh, curious about the numbers on the calf thing, 
um, I, I thought of scripture that it kind of uh, kind of touched on it in Matthew seven verses one through five. It's, it's, it's Jesus' example of, uh, or Jesus asks, why do you notice the little piece of dust in your friend's eye, but you don't notice the big piece of wood in your own eye? And really, it's all about, um, that, that scenario is about judging others. And to a large degree, that's what those of us out on the race course are doing when we look at other people's calf numbers. We're kind of comparing ourselves, maybe not judging, but... Um, uh, we're certainly comparing ourselves, and, and that's never a healthy thing to compare ourselves to others. Which also reminded me, Bo, of um, a website that I haven't visited in a while. And some people um, uh, who are listening probably have, but did you ever watch the Interview with God video? I haven't seen it. Okay, well... Sometime you might want to Google that, the interview with God. But in it, uh, it, it it's a, um, I guess you could say, a, uh, a hypothetical exchange between someone and God. And, th- and that person was asking God some questions. And one of the questions was, um, what, what disappoints you about man? And, and one of God's answers was that we try to, or we compare ourselves with others. Now, the, 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 the videos, I, it's not based specifically on scripture, but uh, I, I found it to be very helpful, and and that was a very good reminder for me, and I, I like to go back to that site from time to time, because there's some other good piece of, pieces of advice in it, but bottom line, I'm just saying that uh, when we compare ourselves to others, that's, that's never a... Uh, it's not what we should be doing. In fact, I wrote down, penciled in a quote in my Bible one time, and I said I was going to write a blog piece on it, but my quote was, don't you compare yourself to others, compare yourself to the other you. And what I mean by that is we all, as you said earlier, we have gifts and talents that, that God gave us, and we need to be employing those gifts and talents in service of others, and God will take care of the rest. Well, I appreciate that in Matthew 7. I had mentioned Matthew 7 earlier, ask, seek, knock. I wanted to read that real quick. It's Matthew 7, 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Uh, you mentioned Matthew 7 as well, and that was Matthew 7, 3 uh, through 5. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Um, some translations say the log. Um, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Chris, that was a, it's a really interesting scripture that the Lord took you to in terms of this, this idea of the fountain of youth, and I appreciate you sharing. Um, I was actually taken to a place uh, where Jesus was at the well uh, with the Samaritan woman, and if you've heard us talk on this show or if you know about this, the relationship the Jews had with the Samaritans, it was um, the Samaritans were his second-class citizens, and you know, a Jew couldn't even be seen, you know, with a Samaritan. 
And of course, Jesus in uh, the story of the Good Samaritan kind of sums that up for us and telling us that our, our, our role here is to love our neighbor. But that's not where, where God led me on this. He led me to John 4 uh, and 7. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said, You're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? And in parentheses, for Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw it with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than, the, than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, and did also his sons and his flocks and herds? And Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Fellows, friends, ladies, gentlemen, the fountain of youth is living water, and only Jesus can bring it. And all you have to do is believe. John 3.16 is as simple as it gets. Um, you believe in Jesus and trust Him to be your Lord and accept that, that He uh, died on the cross for your sins, and, and you can live forever with Him. And you'll never have to worry about what number you've got on your calf. So, Chris, thanks for spending time with me today on this Fountain of Youth. And this all comes out of the St. Anthony's Triathlon for me. And it was a really great experience uh, being down there. Um, but for now, Chris, I'm hoping you can pray for us and uh, help us all understand that uh, the Fountain of Youth is in Christ. And I appreciate you praying for us now. All right, bro. Let's uh, let's pray. Father God, thank you for this time we have to spend together to explore your word and how it applies to our lives. Help us to live in such a way that we would glorify you, honor you, that we would take care of the bodies that you gave us, that we would treat them with uh, care and feed them well and rest them well. And and we do all these things, Lord, so that we can be a more effective and more healthy servant for you. Um, Lord, we just continue to uh, seek your, your guidance and your will and uh, help us to find others who are, are seeking wellness and, more importantly, seeking relationship with you. Uh, just I pray that all of us listening would would have our hearts open to find those people seeking and would be able to reach out and serve them and bring them closer to you. I ask for all this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, brother. Thanks for joining us this week. This is The Word on Wellness with Chris Hughes. Uh, we do have some races coming up. Um, we wanted to, everybody to think about joining us out at Ford DeSoto. More information on that later. But for now, it's 1010wellness.com is Chris's ministry, 1010 Wellness. And we ask you to visit Christ Across America at ChristAcrossAmerica.com, creating awareness 
for the ministries and missionaries that are getting it done for Jesus in local communities. Chris, thanks so much for joining us on this Fountain of Youth. We hope you find it today and tomorrow and in the rest of your life here as we all seek to be more effective witnesses and more effective uh, missionaries for Jesus. Chris, any parting words before we hit the button? Well, um, you mentioned the website. I actually stayed up a little later than I liked last night because I was updating the What's Happening tab that you created on the 1010 Wellness website. And I actually got pretty excited, Bo, as I listed some of the triathlons and even a couple of 5K opportunities coming up this summer. And it kind of helped remind me or reminded me that um, all this stuff that we do kind of comes in seasons. And I guess you could say we've definitely transitioned out of running season and we're now in triathlon season. And that will ultimately lead us to back to biking season, which is more of a fall thing. Uh, it's kind of neat how we can kind of go from season to season. And anyway, if you're in the Tampa Bay area and you're looking for some races to plug into, go to that What's Happening tab. You'll see a lot of activities where me and Bo and hopefully lots of you will be joining us and uh, just having a great time and getting excited. That's going to do it. For now, this is Christ Across America asking you where are you allowing Jesus to work in your life today. We'll see you next week. <laughs>